It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Happy holidays, everybody, or post-happy holidays. We are into the new year, and with that, we have a full week of high school basketball tournaments to talk about, Mike. Uh, Always a crazy, busy time for both of us and anybody who's a high school basketball fan, coaches, players, but it's also probably one of the most rewarding parts of the entire high school basketball season. So I know Mike's probably worn out. As we record this on January the second, how you feeling? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, it was good. A long, uh, long time. Pontiac went a little too late that last night. Um, that kind of wore me down quite a bit. But I got out of there that night. I'm happy I did because then the freezing rain came in Pontiac and the snow here. So that would have been a real bad drive home in the morning. So we got through it all, and we saw some good basketball. Uh, Joe and I both got around to some to a bunch of tournaments. I know Joe even got to Bloomington, which I tried and failed to do twice. <laughs> Actually, things didn't go my way uh, traffic wise and game time wise. So I didn't get there. So, yeah, we, we saw a bunch of stuff and we're going to go through uh, the major tournaments now. Kind of just give our impressions of them. We'll do our two takes too. Uh, what do you want to do first, Joe? Two takes or? Uh, uh, yeah, tournament? let's get the let's knock out our takes. All go right. Ahead. Give me your first one. All right, my first take as I stood there, or sat there, I guess, watching Bennett nearly win the Proviso West, or, geez, the Pontiac Holiday Tournament, and I started to think about St. Rita, and not because St. Rita was at Pontiac, <laughs> but because of all, well, it felt like forever, what was it, two, three years, I, I waited for St. Rita to get good, and I kept telling everybody on the podcast they could dominate for a year and a half. They could dominate for two years. They could dominate and they never did. And and I realized that I wasn't waiting for Bennett to dominate anything that they were already uh, one of the best teams in the state and they could have easily won Pontiac. And I was thinking about why and what's the deal and previous young teams. And then I started thinking about, you know, Derek Rose and Tim Flowers when they were sophomores leading how they didn't wait. They won right away. And I started to think about maybe this whole waiting thing for a team to grow up and, and get good in high school basketball is a complete fallacy. So I started to try and think of teams that had succeeded. And I, I remember the Lincoln Park team years ago that was young, and I also waited for them to get good, and they kind of never did. And I basically came up with a lot more cases of a team I saw full of sophomores that I thought they'd eventually become one of the top teams in the state, and they never did. They kind of stayed what they were as sophomores. And I came up with a lot more teams that just won right away when they were young. So it was interesting. You know, I, I, I'm thinking maybe I've been thinking about this all wrong. I don't know. What, what, what do you think about that, Joe? I was waiting to see if you had an answer. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think I, there are some cases, you know, but I, I didn't like go back in heavy research, but I was just thinking, you know, off the top of my head, teams that were led by and then you know look what we saw at proviso you know with warren uh, you know it's just just one guy it, it's not like they're super young but they're young guy i feel like yeah there's just so many components to this though yeah. you know if you really look at it 
everything from who the coach of that team, those teams are, uh, matters. It, it always has. Uh, not just hexes and O's, but nurturing and piecing it together and handling, you know, Rob Smith, we talked about him. You know, everybody talks about Robert Smith just being handed a, he, he managed talent unbelievably well uh, and, and to get people on the same page. That's part of it. Uh, early maturing players from an evaluation standpoint, there's a lot of times I see uh, a freshman or a sophomore that's really, really good high school player at that age, maybe not even a superstar prospect at that age, but just, you know, and they just don't get a whole lot better. Uh, it, it stagnates. Um, it, there, there's just so many factors that, that come into play with the uh, maturation of, of, a, of a young team to get better. And I think you have to go case by case and, and break it all down team by team. And, and, and that's obviously pretty hard to do on a podcast or just in a conversation like this. Yeah. I think overall though, I'm just, I'm going to be less. What's the word I'm looking Ex- for? Excited about young teams. Yeah. Or, or less sure that they're ever going to become much better than they are when I first see them. I guess. I don't, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that token, I am going to ex- get excited about young individual players uh, when it's warranted. And right now, Mike, you know, the talk of the holiday tournaments, you know, it, were these two freshmen, Davion Thompson of Bolingbrook and Jackson Davis at Warren. They have led their teams to kind of, un- I mean, unbelievable heights, but unprecedented production from two young players. And, you know, there's going to be plenty of time to talk about how great these two kids are and 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 where they're headed, and it's going to be fun to see their development their and their continued rise, and particularly just how good their teams are because one's 15 and one, and one is 12 and two, and they both, you know, Warren won a holiday tournament behind Jackson Davis, first MVP at Proviso West history, and then the championship game I was at, Davion Thompson, he couldn't have been a more impressive. Uh, freshman performance than their loss to a defending state champ metamora at york so what they accomplished and what they did over the holidays is remarkable so now all these eyes are on this this these two freshmen and you know i've got an article a pretty lengthy piece coming out on on this uh and detailing just kind of what they have done where it ranks and how it stands in comparison to so many other great freshmen in really a state that's produced a whole lot of high school basketball superstars but it's not more – the take is just we don't know yet where it's going. We have a good idea, Mike, that these two players, because of what they're doing, will translate kind of to your point almost to your previous take where we think it's headed. Uh, but we just can't be sure. Uh, you, you look, and I just did this, a deep dive into all of the – best freshman seasons over the last four years. It's hard. It's I'm sure I'm going to miss one or two, but you know, it's everything Mike from Derek Rose, not playing varsity as a freshman who to me, you know, my time of doing the hoops report is evaluator and all the things I do with that since the mid nineties, the two best freshman prospects as prospects that I ever saw was Corey McGetty in 1998. I just saw him. You knew it. You know, I didn't know how good, Brady was going to be as far as NBA, but I'm like, that kid's an NBA player. Uh, I thought the same thing with Derrick Rose. 
although he didn't play varsity basketball as a freshman. So you have everything from a freshman not playing varsity to a player like John Shire, who did things most freshmen don't do, including taking a team to state as the leading scorer, uh, to way back when Jamie Brandon in 1990, one of the best freshmen I've ever, you know, before my official hoops report start. But, and then you've got another player who, Mike, this player came in. I think you'll remember the name. He first two high school games, the varsity level in a high school hotbed area, scored 36 points in his first game, scored 38 points in his second game. He scored 45 points against a very good, well-coached Washington high school. He scored 32 points against DJ Richardson, a future Illinois player. Uh, he averaged 24.8 points a game as a freshman. And I, as this was happening, I had to make a drive to go see him because his name, uh, he was playing at Limestone. Donovan Stewart uh, in 2007-2008 season. Um, do, you, do you remember Donovan Stewart? I then? do, yeah. Okay. So, and, and that's not to say Donovan Stewart did not pan out. I mean, he... He had scored over 2,000 points in his career. He he went to Bradley, transferred from Bradley to SIUE, transferred SIUE, and went to either Portland or Portland State. Played Division One basketball. My, really, my take, my point, is this can go in so many directions, and yes, I am going to pump the heck out of these two freshmen. They they we I, You got to take the Band-Aid off, Mike. Uh, the cautionary, you know, oh, these are just young kids, freshmen. They're just doing too much at, at such a young age that they're going to be talked about. They're going to be hyped. Uh, but there is still a long way to go in what we decide or what we determine how good they are in the grand scheme of things, their high school basketball career, future college players, and so forth. They, they, are, they are well on their way. But, again, I'm not trying to temper anything. I'm just saying – History shows that it, it can go a number of different ways, and but the fun part is, I think these two are appear to be so grounded and so poised, and uh, in the way they approach the game, uh, that you know they've got a good foundation going forward. Yeah, it's very exciting, isn't it? I, it added to me that the sophomore class seems so good. It, it feels like everywhere I've gone this season. I, I, there's a sophomore and that's been really exciting to me. So I, I'm glad that we're going to have not, not that it's, we're not going to have to totally focus on, you know, Jackson Davis and Davion Thompson for the next four years. We're going to have a bunch of a class right above them, you know, for them to battle with too, you know, for player of the year honors and all area and all that stuff. So that's going to be exciting, especially considering, you know, kind of the way the seniors have panned out, you know, if everybody sticks around, um, but Mike, real quick, yeah. If just this is, it's December or it's January now. We're almost or at the midway point, and I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves. But if and, and there's a lot of circumstances that come into play with this, but because you know older players and winning teams and all that, if Warren and Bolingbrook continue their winning ways at a high rate, high level. This is this has never happened before in the history of Illinois high school basketball, where you have to include them 
and player of the year conversation. It, it's it's inevitable. And I, I I'm again, this could go different ways, but I, they are winning at such a rate and producing at such a high level in comparison to other players in our state. You know, in four or five weeks from now, if it's still if they're averaging twenty plus a game for top ten teams, top five teams, we I we my point is this: we've never had a discussion ever in Illinois for Player of the Year with a freshman included, even in the in the discussion. Unless I'm completely forgetting somebody, which I don't think I am, because they just did a thirty six hour. Dive yeah, into no, it, even it, it's extremely rare just for the all area team. I, and I don't even know who ever who, who was. Has there ever been an all area player since I've been in charge? I don't believe there's been a friend. I know we we went and I, ju- and I, and I just went back to the we went I, we considered, yeah, and he averaged 20 a game as a freshman, but yeah, you know, and, and again, we, we're talking a lot of freshmen and sophomores here, but we're not talking about. And that's just the way it is, seniors and <laughs> juniors, and that that plays a factor into it. You know, I yeah. I was looking in 1990, uh, Eddie Curry's freshman year. Well, you know who the seniors were? Eddie Curry's freshman year? No idea. Quentin Richardson, Frank okay. Williams, <laughs> yeah, Bob, so. Bobby Simmons, uh, Corey Maggette. You know, so anyway, that's just not there. You know. But anyway, let's get to your your second take. I feel, I guess, the one last thing, because I'm a little surprised by this. And I, we don't want to start putting them off of one another yet, Jackson Davis and Davion <laughs> Thompson. But I think before Davion Thompson, obviously he's a good enough player. And, he, you know, I watched that the York title game on stream, and it was pretty amazing. But Bolingbrook doesn't quite have the wins yet. I, I wasn't really sure about ranking them. I had a hard time with them because, you know, they went to the final. And gave Metamora a great game. But if you look yeah. at Warren's schedule this year, uh, I mean, their big wins are against Stag and Nequa Valley. Bolingbrook, you, know? you mean? Yeah. Yeah, you said uh, Warren. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, Bolingbrook's biggest wins are Stag, Nequa Valley, and Palatine. So I don't think as of right now, it's it would be hard for Davion Thompson to make a player of the year case. Whereas Warren has taken some scalps, <laughs> you know, some big teams um, and multiple ranked teams. So I think that's a little just worth keeping in mind. I mean, Bolingbrook has a big one. It's Romeoville. I'm going to be at, um, they're going to play yeah. HF. They're going to have some other big games, but I worry a little bit um, that he wouldn't have quite the the schedule to attack some of the older players. But Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but if you were to make a list is my point, of let's say top five, let's say the top half player yeah. of your candidates he, right, he, right he, now. Yeah, he's on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, which is crazy yeah. weird. Yeah, no, right, you're right. totally right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's nuts. Yeah, it's um, it's a long it's a it's a long shot, no question. I mean, for for freshmen to to even continue. I mean, they're gonna get guarded a little differently. They're gonna, you know, the schedules do change. Like you mentioned, Romeoville, they play HF twice. They play Oswego East. I pulled it up here. Um. You know they play a undefeated Wabansi Valley, so I mean they they're they've got some big tests and and we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's wild, and I I keep going back. And Davion Thompson, you know, he's not like down. I mean, he's on the ball a lot, but Jackson Davis is kind of a high, you know, 
he shoots a lot. <laughs> I mean, frankly, Jackson Davis shoots a whole lot, whereas Davion Thompson doesn't so much. Um, yeah, he's he's extremely efficient. Exactly. Yeah, he's something. All right, sorry, we could we could we could do a whole podcast on uh, Jackson Davis and Davion Thompson. We probably will someday in the future. But um, my second take is. Everybody's been asking me about Simeon, emailers, people I run into. You know, I had not covered them uh, before Pontiac. I'd been there in the gym when they played twice, but I was writing and doing other stuff, so I hadn't paid a ton of attention either. And, you know, they'd been out of the spotlight. And it was just weirding everybody out to have Simeon out of the spotlight. So I, I saw him play plenty um, over the weekend in Pontiac. And I guess, Obviously, this t- this would have been a bit surprising early. We had them; I had them ranked. Uh, Dequan Brown is not eligible. He moved away. He was their transfer. That going to be kind of their senior leader guy this year. So they don't have him. Uh, they do have Andre Tyler, who transferred from Saint Rita. So a- anyway, so you have to lower your expectations. They don't have who they thought was going to be their star senior. Um, so I kind of went in with these low expectations. We saw the scores it had Simeon struggle with some teams like Diet, but I was mildly in, maybe not impressed, but I think there's stuff to work with there for Tim Flowers. And I think they're worth watching until see what they do when we get to the city tournament. I thought Andre Tyler, he, he's a sophomore, six five, I guess. Um, he's listed as a senior in the program. So Pontiac people, he was just a sophomore, a really kind of high ceiling uh, talent on that kid for sure. He, he made some big winning plays in a couple games. I think he's definitely a prospect to watch and he, he impacts the game all over the court. I really liked Lorenzo Shields. Probably remember him from last year. He's a junior six, two Rashad McKinney's back. He's their senior leader now. And there's a bunch of other kind of prospect types. Cassidy Nelson, a six, five sophomore, Charles Smith, a six, four junior and a player. I, I saw play well in two games, not so well in one, but Deshaun Liggett, he's one of the few seniors. I think they've only got, two or three seniors on this team. And that's a problem. Um, But when he was in, they had a point guard and everything kind of worked better. And I'm guessing he's going to probably work his way into the rotation some more, but there's just, there's a lot. Jalen Brown was another uh, six, five guy, another sophomore, Isaiah Coleman. There's a lot there to work with. And as a new coach, I'm sure Tim flowers, he's finding his way through. He's figuring it out. He's also trying to figure out who to play. I mean, there's eight, nine guys that he's got to figure out the rotation with and who to do it. And that's clearly all still going on. And they're going to have a bunch more tough tests before the city tournament. But I I don't think it's out of the question to see this team ready by city tournament time. And remember it's way down. I mean, we, we just look at the holiday tournament results out there. I mean, I think there's a chance that this Simeon team can get into the final four of the city tournament. And I'd be interested, obviously the playoff road is going to be tough. We, we we know about that sectional, but I don't think it's out of the, I don't think we've heard the last of Simeon. I think this is a team that might be sub 500 when they hit the city tournament, but I wouldn't be surprised if they could make a run at that point. And I think the future is bright. They're going to be good next year. There's a lot coming back next year. Wouldn't be surprised if they got a transfer. So Simeon's not going away. Uh, it's going to be an up and down year, but I, I, I think the future is bright. I'm encouraged because you know the quarterfinal game they they played with so much energy. I I tweeted about it. I remember just noticing the bench, the players, the staff. uh, That quarterfinal loss that now I can't remember who they lost to. I was at the game. Uh, West Aurora or West? No, that that was the other one. Yeah, 
So anyway, was it? it was yeah. a second round. Was it Oak Park? No. I don't, anyway, um, Bloom and Bloom. That's right. And uh, you know, Lorenzo Shields, I think, has made a nice jump. He's a nice junior guard. I think the thing with them though is it's an adjustment to watching Simeon because it's so weird to, to, to see them not at the forefront of high school basketball, Mike. It's just, it's still weird to me. Uh, and it's no fault of anybody. It's just when you're at that level with a national prominence for so long, it wasn't just like a three-year, four-year, five-year window. Uh, you know, we're talking decades. So that to me has been just the adjustment period. Yeah. Um, my, my, my second take is just – um. Not that we're spoiled. I think we tend to forget like how special holiday tournaments are in this state. Uh, it, it it dawned on me um, as I watched. I had a little stretch, Mike, from I hit Pontiac. I, I saw those games. I think the Bennett. I, I get all these games mixed up. I, I saw a really good game from Pontiac. Left Pontiac. Went to Bloomington Normal. And saw a fantastic normal Romeoville game, high level. Two teams that are really talented with with legitimate college players went down to the wire. Then a kind of a dramatic ending to the Mattia Bradley Bourbonnet game, uh, and then you know we had that semifinal crazy semifinal game at Pontiac uh, Bennett and with the beaten semifinals double overtime. Um, Bloom, Bloom, <laughs> and then. You know, I was at York that night uh, for that unbelievable finish to Bolingbrook in the, the Metamora game. And then, although I did not get to see, I, then my, I, my holiday tournament viewing ended as I didn't get to see the championship that you saw, uh, double overtime thriller. That's an unbelievable 24 hours of basketball. Um, but it dawned on me as I was watching that, it's exactly what the NBA was trying to do. Uh, with their in-season tournament, which was boring to me and had no interest in. Uh, and it's what Illinois high school basketball has historically had. It's this thing that pumps life into a season. Uh, and when you get the right holiday tournament season in the right year, it just provides a springboard. It's like a rocket ship for a season. Uh, you know, it, it, games that are mad, that matter, they're played at a higher level. I think we agree that a lot of times those semifinals and sometimes even quarterfinal games and, and the finals are just at a different level than the regular season game. Uh, these holiday tournaments bring attention to the sport in such a positive way. Everybody's talking about it at the same time. And what has happened is these, these stats and box scores and uh, the attention that tournament organizers have paid to generating, you know, a presence online and social media and as to, again, something you brought up in a previous podcast about providing stats and, and scores and, you know, most every holiday tournament now, it's awesome. You, you you could get a feel for a game just like you would in an old school newspaper reading a box score. Uh, you, you get that feel for the first time during a season during the holiday tournament time. You see different matchups that you don't get to see. Uh, you know, I love seeing Metamora from Central Illinois playing Bolingbrook in the championship, uh, you know, at different parts of the state. So it, it's just something that I know they're they're pretty well, they're, they're cherished in Illinois, high school basketball, these holiday tournaments. But sometimes you forget about how special they are, unique they are, and what it brings to 
you know, the high school basketball fan, the coaches and the players and the media that follow it. Yeah, it was fantastic. And thanks to all the volunteers out there that, uh, I, I mean, all of these tournaments depend on volunteers to run and everything was so well run and everything just couldn't have gone better all week. I heard very few complaints from fans about anything. Everything really went smooth. Big crowds at the Dipper, big crowds at York, big crowds at Pontiac, you know, everything seemed to go excellent. And let's get into it, Joe. Which one do you want to start with? We'll just get knockout Pontiac. Okay. I know. It, I know. It. Yeah. You know, we were, we, you know, I know it's covered. You're, you're there the whole time and uh, it'll three days, but it, it is again, uh, the, the, the tournament that's sets the, the standard. So, you know, I, to me, Mike, I, I was curious, a favorite, they came in as a favorite, but I just think they made a statement um, by winning it. I know there was a controversial finish to that game with Bennett, but uh, I just think all the top teams, I think all the top four seeds all made it to the semifinals there. But I just think Bennett and Curie, I mean, it, it, it sounds redundant because they made the championship game, but I do think both of them kind of made a statement um, and kind of solidifying themselves. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, overall it was good for all, but I will say we Joe mentioned the controversial there, there was not some, there were some bad calls at the end of the title game for sure. I was taking some videos for Twitter, so I got to look at them twice, which obviously no official gets the benefit of. But and a lot of them did go Curie's way. Um, however, the technical foul in the second quarter, I believe it was, let's say on on Mike Oliver, was totally out of nowhere. Seemed kind of ridiculous, and that impacted the game more than anything. I think Curie wins in regulation without that technical foul. It was like, I think a nine minute stretch where they didn't score after the technical, uh, a basket. I, I talked to all the players about it too. And they were like, yeah, it really rocked them. So I think Bennett got, Kerry got the benefit of the doubt at the end with some calls and the overtimes. Yes, for sure. But without that technical, I'm not sure it even gets to that point. Cause Curie had things kind of in hand um, and, and it was a big momentum changer. So I just wanted to get that out there that the officiating I don't think it helped or hurt either. It hurt both teams, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't think um, it, it resulted at all in Kerry winning. Um, you know, and, and I look, I think I, I Bloom left me still wondering what they are. Boy, uh, yeah, the, yeah. It's... Without question. Uh, <laughs> and and, yeah. and Nutrier left me thinking, you know what? This is one of the better shooting teams in the state of Illinois. And they have a handful of guys that can fill it up, you know, and you get them on the wrong night in March, you know, down the road, they're, they're young, they've got some youth, so they're going to get better, but you know, they'll battle Glenbrook North and Glenbrook South and that central suburban league South. But I, I just think they're a dangerous team. Uh, you know, I don't know where they'll be seated at the end. I mean, they'll probably be a one or a two seed in their sectional, but it, they're dangerous with, with their offensive shooting prowess that they, that they can bring. And then yeah. another another team that I, I think we both agree on that's you know they're not gonna probably crack the rankings ever, but they're a little better than we both thought or a lot of people think. And Oak Park, um, you know they 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 played well at Pontiac in, in the times I saw them. Yeah, definitely West Aurora and Oak Park. I thought the tournament was going to depend on those two teams playing well. Um, otherwise, we'd have some lame sessions and games, and both played well, so they both lived up to it. <laughs> Only my Julia West Tigers. <laughs> Kind of didn't live up to it. That was a horrible game 
against Nutrier. The Trevins completely dominated uh, Jolie West, about the worst domination I've seen um, of a Jolie West at Pontiac, team at Pontiac. That was pretty rough and totally agree about Nutrier. I, I, I very impressed. They're one of those teams. They got a backbone. I thought that same of Nikwa. I saw them over at Wheeling and they're going to a lot of teams this year. Maybe it's because there aren't a lot of senior led groups, but they seem to get pushed around and let people dictate tempo and even good ones. You don't kind of really don't know what you're going to get. Not the case with Nutrier. Very impressed. And those two sophomores, I'd like to mention Danny Houlihan, who shot really well. And uh, Christopher Kirkpatrick, man, he he's a player. Both of those guys look out, I think, for this new Trier team by sectional. I know the last couple of years has been kind of funny. I usually pl- pick what Lindbergh South, and you usually pick new Trier in the yeah. sectional. I think this year, I don't know this new Trier team. Obviously, they're technically not as good as those few, but I like this one. This one kind of something about it. I might be picking the. Yeah, they, they, they jumped out at me uh this yeah. summer with the way they shot it uh and i, I guess the last note is what would we be saying right now if, if mike if bennett was 15 16 and 0 fresh off a pontiac tournament title with sophomores and juniors leading the way i mean they're the, new, they're the new simeon i've been joking about it with people but i feel like bennett just <laughs> they've reloaded with gabe sularski with jabari parker and some others yeah, and, yeah they, they were fans they were so much fun to watch uh Get out and see Bennett. I think I tweeted, get out and see Bennett now while you can. They're super fun. And uh, I, I couldn't believe, man, G- Gene Heidkamp, what he, he pointed out to me that their last regular season loss was at Pontiac. Mm-hmm. And something like for the last three years, like the only place they're losing in the regular season is Pontiac. You know, they go in the run and lose in the state championship, but it, it's crazy. Um, they haven't been able to pull off one of these titles yet. I, I there were about three distinct times when I thought they'd won that game, yeah. um, and had already kind of pre-written my lead. But yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, let's move along to uh, let's do York, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I, real quick, I you know I, I talked a little bit about Bolingbrook, uh, and I know they're out of our listener, I guess, viewer area. Metamora, Mike. I you could just see that they're coming together. They got obviously a transfer, Cooper Kosh, a big kid going to Iowa. I and I saw them two and a half games uh, at, at York and the, the level they played at against Bolingbrook, which says a lot about Bolingbrook too, Mike, because it was a high level game. Yeah, it was. Uh, but Metamora to me is, is, is they're not, they have a chance to be as good as last year. They're not there yet. Um, you know, I, is there a team that surprised you more than anybody? I mean, Palatine made a nice run and, and get into the semis uh, and then kind of took a thud with, you know, back-to-back losses there at the at the tail end of the tournament, but yeah, I you know that's the one team I think that kind of okay they're they're going to be, you know they they they're better than I thought they are going to be a bigger player in the mid suburban league overall picture than I thought so I, I, a really good run for Peloton. I had had high hopes for Peloton in the preseason, remember? So it was nice mm-hmm. to see them maybe live up to that. I thought even though I mean I guess they lost in the second round, but that stag score um, against Downers Grove North was an eye-opener for me, for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I, I there were some teams coming in, Stag, one of them, Andrew, one of them, uh, that I was kind of waiting to see, like a measuring stick. And yeah. I, they, they just didn't, you know, they had some competitive games against good teams and just still fell short and uh, the one loss. You know, there, there are some teams, though, that really... Yeah, like, Glenbard North. Naperville North, Saint Ignatius to a degree. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. I think there were more losers than winners here. 
to be honest. Yeah, and then some of the teams that I just, you know, like St. Patrick was one. You know, I just yeah, yeah. Um, Lions, I was impressed with uh, a team I was not super on the radar. Yeah, um, Saint Saint Lawrence played played well with a yeah. you know early in Yorkville. I thought Yorkville was getting it going, and then they won yeah. the first two, and then dropped two. So yeah, it, it's just. It, it, it you can get your results can get lost at York uh, because of the thirty two teams, and you know that's a whole other topic. But uh, I, I, overall, this tournament is is for something that's so different than any other tournament. They are headed in the right direction. I will I will say that in terms of everything that's going in the positive way. Yeah, I got my first look at Hansbury's Al Brooks, who Joe's talked about, and boy, that was exciting against Metamora. Cooper Koch was fantastic in that game uh, as well, but very impressive. Um, I don't know what we're going to do with the Hansbury. I mean, it's his numbers are insane. They're going to be insane, and he is actually that good, and we did get to see him do it against you know a high-level team, but it's going to be very <clears throat> kind of interesting to see. I mean, do I, is Al Brooks first team all city? You know what I mean? Like, is he all area? He, he's going to be yeah, a difficult. It's, yeah, that's a different deal with, when you're dealing with Hansberry. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a difficult one, but but he, but yeah, he was super fun. Uh, no doubt about it. You know, Proviso West, Mike. I don't, I don't, I don't. We thought Warren was the winner or the 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 team to beat. They won pretty handily. I mean, yeah, they didn't have a single digit game. I don't think the whole tournament. Yeah, uh, blew out Lincoln Park. Took care of Kenwood. Uh, they're, and they're not, it's Jackson Davis and, and Alex Daniels is a terrific piece. They're not flashy. They're not going to blow you away, but they are effective and they get, and they just keep piling up wins. Uh, you know, young, the biggest upset of the tournament was young getting beat by Rockford Guilford. Um, again, a young team that still finding its way. Uh, but I, I just didn't, you know, I, I think there's some good, even in defeat, Kenwood might be progressing with, with, with some different things that are happening with, within that team, uh, even though they did, you know, lose to Kenwood or lose to Warren. Uh, but not not a lot of surprise out of, um, you know, th- th- this tournament in my mind. No, pretty validating for Lincoln Park, although they didn't have the toughest road and, and then got smoked in the title game. But just getting to the title game for that young group, I'm sure will be. Positive. The Dipper. Oh boy, that place was rocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt about it. HF, the big title game win over Thornton. HF could have easily been number one after knocking off Thornton. It was pretty close call for me. And I don't know. Is does it? Are we worried more about Thornton, or is this more proof that HF is? You know, no, the, I, 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 think? I, I just think they're two top five-ish, you know, caliber teams that you played a seven-game series, uh, it's probably going to go seven games. And, you know, you put together two ranked teams with talent and it's a one-point game. Yeah. You know, it, come on. It, it's just, it is what it is. And, and, and I just, I, I think home and Flossmore needed that win. Um, you, you know, not badly, but I, I think it is a boost to them uh, when you're, you know, I don't know. Thornton was put together too at the last minute, <laughs> but you know, th- th- there was just teams that are put together that you're still trying to figure out if it's going to work. And uh, I think there's some validation winning a the big dipper title that, yeah, it's going to work. I I just wrote 
coming up home and Flossmore schedule coming up is just just yeah. unbelievably tough. But no, I I I think that's just a a feather in the cap of a season that's that's headed in the right direction for for Jameer Dismuke's team. I'm a little more worried about Thornton than you are. I guess I saw him barely beat Kankakee at home. Now this, yeah. Well, they're, 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 but it goes back to what we're saying, Mike. It's a year where there's, I don't know. Right now, we there's not that that team, you know. So, I think we could be talking differently about Thornton in two weeks than we are now. I just, I, I think there's gonna be a lot of hills and and some valleys with these top teams over the course of the year, whether it be Downers Grove North or HF or any of them. Um, I, I just think it's inevitable, you know, but seems to be <laughs> the case. One, one team that, you know, has not had any uh, valleys is DePaul prep. And they, they steamrolled uh, their way through the Hinsdale holiday classic. You know, the much anticipated matchup between brother rice did not materialize when brother rice got, uh, you know, stubbed their toe upset in the semifinals. Uh, it looked like a battle of unbeatens in a Catholic league, a future Catholic league battle uh, that was going to take place at Hinsdale. And it just didn't, but yeah, DePaul prep there. I've written about it. We talked about it. Their defense is different level. It's just different. Um, so they neutralize you in that way. They smothered Marion Catholic, who was probably one of the real surprises of the holiday season. Yeah. Uh, making a run to the t- title game, uh, but then getting thumped, you know, 57, 35 in that championship. Yeah, another one where, I mean, obviously, Brother Rice, things went a little south. Rough for Lane and Niles North as well, two teams that have been in and out of the rankings. Us Week East, I guess, comes out as a, a bit of a winner from here. Uh, but yeah, Marion, you got to get a, get them. They got in the rankings. It was a very good week for them. And DePaul has HF coming up on uh, Saturday. So we'll You know, see. some of these other teams around the state, real quick, Mike, that I think kind of, I think a lot of these teams did not, live up to what we hoped. Uh, but I think other teams, Mount Carmel winning Pekin, huge for them. Um, beating Lake Park. Lake Park made a run. Romeoville, I've I've talked about how talented they are. They looked good uh, down in Bloomington Normal. They lost, um, you know, to uh, in the uh, semifinal to Normal. Uh, Matia Valley showed some life getting into a championship game. Marist made a championship game run down in Centralia. So there were teams in other parts of the state that did make some, you know, significant strides over the holidays. No doubt. DuPage Valley uh, won some titles too. Three, I believe. But thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, enjoy the week. We will be back on uh, next Tuesday. See ya.